Well, we can throw out birthdays immediately. That's too obvious. And no numbers for you. You're a word man. All right, let's go deeper. Uh, what kind of man are you? Oh, you're weak, spineless, a man of temptations. But what tempts you? Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> Hello folks, hello, 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 welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This is a podcast about the show Seinfeld and every week we talk about the secondary characters from that great sitcom. My name is Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And I'm Stacey. Hey, welcome hey. back Stacey. Woohoo, surprise. And something uh, really different, you have your own microphone today. I have my own microphone. Thank goodness. I don't have to sit right next to Stephen. Oh, yeah. yes. I mean, That's we're good. still very close, but, you know. Yeah, there's a bit of bit of space between us. It's also, the whole, like, hello, 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 hello. Yeah, it'll sound <laughs> a lot better for you, I think. <laughs> Hopefully you get a bit more stable audio. Yeah. Well, it, it's not going to be, like, really faint with you. I won't have to mm. edit your voice and, and bring it I up. I get my stuff. own voice. How good is that? Finally, it only took you two years. You finally earned your own voice on this podcast. That's right. And uh, yes, this is the secret code we're talking about. It's from season seven and uh, an episode which I quite enjoyed, guys. What did you uh, What did you two think of it? It's a classic. Yeah, yeah. It's one of, I think it's one of the lesser known classics. Yeah. Not lesser known, but when I think of the classics, the secret code doesn't necessarily jump to mind. But then when I was actually watching it. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is such a good episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I personally thought it's a bit overrated. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I tend yeah. to like season one, two, and three eps a bit more than seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. yeah. Good episode. Uh, Peterman's on fire in this episode. Oh, oh he sure is. Uh, George but is the way great, that but- it all, like, comes back full circle and then the last scene in the bank, like. Yeah, it, it coalesces very classic- nicely. Seinfeld. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yep. And uh, you're probably wondering, you're probably hearing some like rubbing noises as like as I'm talking. Um, <laughs> um, there's a problem with one of the mic stands, so I'm actually holding the microphone, so you might hear some noises when I'm talking. So apologies. You're holding a uh, cylindrical thing, and there's some rubbing going on. We all know what's really going on. There. <laughs> That's right, Ivan. <laughs> Busco, Busco, <laughs> Busco. <laughs> If you want to uh, send Ivan some masturbatory material, you can email us, podcast at gmail.com. You can say hello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. You can listen to all of our previous episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you want to subscribe to us, rate us, or review us, that would be amazing. Please. Yay. And finally, we are on Patreon. So if you head to patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, for as little as $1 a month, you can get some bonus content and our episodes a week early. That's right. And also, as well as Patreon, we now have PayPal. Woo-hoo. So, uh, yeah, you can uh, give us one-off donations if you want without the uh, commitment. So, yeah, just go to the show notes and uh, all the details are there. Yes. Let's indeed. get rid of those rubbing sounds nice and quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's our first Patreon goal, a mic stand a to mic eliminate stand for Ivan so you don't have <laughs> to, to eliminate to me rubbing, rubbing my cylindrical thing. shaft. <laughs> yeah. It is a shaft. And, Essentially, yes. And you and rubbing your microphone as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling very uncomfortable. Oh goodness. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get into the episode, eh, guys? So, yeah, uh, Seinfeld-isms, what has happened in your life which is related to Seinfeld, Stacey? 
I was chatting to Steve on the way over here and I was saying that I was really disappointed. I've just come back from three weeks holiday and I didn't get any Seinfeldisms while I was gone. Oh, no. There was Other no than- Elaine hairdressers or no, like last time? No, I'm usually pretty good at finding them when I'm away, but I was just in Denmark. It was all places that I've been before. I saw the pretzels again in Tiger, <laughs> but we've already used those last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was saying the only thing was when people – say things that are, like, inadvertently Seinfeld-related that I point out to them because I'm such a big Seinfeld nerd. Um, So they don't really count because I'm making them into Seinfeld things. Yeah, it's got to be organic. You can't Yeah, No, someone had to say something and I'm like, yeah, like Seinfeld, and they just (laughs) look at you blankly. (laughs) Not quite. Not quite a Seinfeldism. So I'm flat out, unfortunately. Oh, man. How about you, Steve? I've got zero again. I think this Oof. is the third week in a row. No yeah. Seinfeldism. Strike out. Because we recorded the last two episodes on the same day and, uh, yeah, we had nothing. Yeah, there was nothing Nothing, nothing Seinfeld related happened in the five-minute gap between <laughs> recording the first and the second episode <laughs> where we went to the toilet and got a drink of water. Oh, I, well, actually, I had some Bosco in my milk while we were uh, doing that episode, so I thought maybe that could be my Seinfeldism. Is Obviously Bosco not. even a real thing? Yeah, I'll, I think so. Yeah, but it, I think it's an American yeah. brand, of course. We get You can get Hershey's syrup in Australia. I've yeah. seen that in shops. But I've never seen Bosco. Okay. Okay. Apparently, Bosco's the cocoa uh, bean. <laughs> <laughs> Your, Your dark, dark master. master. The, the cocoa bean. The cocoa bean. The cocoa bean. What about you, Ivan? Have you got any Seinfeldisms? Uh, none for this week, unfortunately. Oh, we all yeah. suck. Yeah, we all terrible. We need to do better homework. We do. Yeah. We just need to go out and be humans more. Interact with the world a bit more. That's it's right. Hard. It's winter. It's yeah, been it's rainy. True. It's too cold. I want to oh. go to the ATM, but I'm just too cold, and I don't want people to know my code annoying it's interesting though because you know how george um has the code bosco is it possible to have word codes or was yeah, it like a just, 90s thing no i think it's like you know on a, you just on use a, the letters yeah like oh, on okay. a telephone keypad it's got the letters on it oh yeah yeah, yeah sure. i think yeah, the letters yeah. just translate to a code ah oh, makes sense yeah, yeah. okay yeah cool. i have one of my secret codes i have two that are numbers mm-hmm. that's just a number sequence but one of mine is a word that i just spell out so like, you know when you used to have like the proper push style phones yeah yeah same. I think it's like in, um, you know, like one eight hundred got junk. You know, like, you know, like business phone numbers. You know, just translates to numbers. You just said you had a secret code, so there's a Seinfeldism. But everybody has. Okay, well then we all get one we? Seinfeldism each. We've all got some sort of pin number. Exactly. Like five that. five five. It's Buscal. a stretch. <laughs> anyway, Seinfeld news, Stephen, our anchor man for this podcast. Uh, What's happened in the world of Seinfeld this uh, week? Just one thing this week. So, the latest issue of Vogue magazine came out, and JLD is actually on the cover. Fantastic. Yeah, she gives a really, really uh, long interview. The photo shoot's really, really cool. Um, and in it, what she What kind go- of style are we going for? Uh, I just saw the cover. And okay. I read an article that described the photo shoot. Okay. Cool. So that's secondhand information, but right. being Vogue and being JLD, yeah. the, 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 the ingredients are right. I was just, because sometimes Vogue do like a, like a perspective and yep. other times it's just like a representation of the person's style and stuff. So I was just wondering if they'd done, obviously, because she's recently, be, well, not recently, but she's now in remission from cancer and all that sort of stuff. So I thought they might have done like, you know, the 80s power suit returns to New York or something like that. Mm, no, maybe. Okay. Maybe. I don't I'll know. check it out myself. Yeah. 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 So actually, uh, in the interview, she described her recovery process in detail. She said that she had six rounds of chemo and a double mastectomy, which mm-hmm. is quite an intense 
recovery process. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. I mean, either one on their own is pretty full on, but yeah. both of those together. Um, yeah, so maybe it was like a super aggressive form of cancer or maybe yeah. the doctors just said, let's just go. Blitz it. Let's blitz it. Yeah. See what, what a happens. woman. And now she's doing really well. Yep. she's uh, And then she came back and filmed the final season of Veep. Yeah. She's probably going to get a ninth Emmy for. I think so, yeah. yeah if she doesn't, yeah. I'd be very surprised. So, ninth. yeah. Ninth Emmy. Wow. Ninth individual Best Actress Emmy. Wow. And if she gets it, she'll break the record for the Have they all the come most. from Veep? Uh, I think one of Seinfeld, them. Two. Or, no, no. They I never think, got it. I think um, she. There's been eight seasons of Veep. She's got one for all seven seasons so far. Mm-hmm. Um, she got one for the uh, some sitcom she did right. in the two thousands. Because they never Seinfeld never got an Emmy, did they? Uh, no, they, they got Emmys for acting, but I think JLD got one for supporting actress, uh, like not uh, actress, okay. actress. Yeah. yeah. So she got one for. A, I remember because we did trivia on this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. I think JLD got nominated for I think five or six Emmys over the course of mm-hmm. Seinfeld, or maybe yep. seven, but then she won only one as a supporting actress. as supporting actress. Yeah, yeah not as a, an actress. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, but she'll definitely win the win the ninth, and then it will be the the Emmys record for the most individual wins for well, for, but, uh, for Emmy awards. But the fact that she's been nominated at least a dozen times yeah. and more, you know, gee, even being nominated once is amazing. Yeah, know. a testament to her <laughs> talent for sure. Uh, yeah, she's definitely one of the best comedic actresses of all time. Indeed, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. A bit more sign, uh, a bit more JLD love. Yeah. Well, actually, one more thing. Uh, Wayne Knight, who plays Newman, he turned sixty four the other week. So, happy uh, birthday, Wayne! Happy birthday, Newman! Yeah, we are recording this a bit ahead of time. Normally, it's sort of uh, we record about a week before it's released to the public. But uh, yeah, we're doing this a few weeks in advance. So happy belated birthday, Newman! By the time you're listening to this, <laughs> if you do, yeah, yeah, not you. Just assuming. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. When we come back, we'll talk about the Secret Code, season seven, episode seven. And I've got a few secondary characters today. Uh, I've got Fred Yerkes, who's yep. Elaine's. Well, I guess. Nemesis. Nemesis. Oh, not Nemesis. Nemesis. Yeah, love interest, Nemesis, whatever Awkward you call date. it. That's right. <laughs> Leap and Larry, uh, Peterman's mum, Mama, and Mama. Uh, I've got some notes on the fire captain. Any other characters you go, you two have? Uh, I've just got a couple on uh, Susan and a couple on Peterman in the context of this episode because they've both had their uh, individual episodes way back when. Uh, of course. And Stacey, do you have any notes on any other characters today? Um, I... Not really, but, like, obviously the guy in the last scene, he's... Anyway, not really. Okay. (laughs) Oh, good. We'll be back. Hello, listening people. Hello. I'm Ryan. I'm Bartek. And we are from the Spit and Polish Presents podcast. Bartek, what kind of podcast is that? We talk about film. Films? Films. Films, Ryan? Films, Ryan. Films by me, Ryan Slowinski. <laughs> One film per episode in three different formats. Exactly right, Bartek. And we're the only podcast that happens to be spitting and being Polish while we do it. We discuss the movies that few dare to discuss. You can find us on all of the social medias. Except for Instagram ins- and MySpace. <laughs> except and for Instagram and the unused MySpace. 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 <laughs> we are on Minecraft, though. <laughs> We're not, but I think my brother is. <laughs> Basically, any platform in which you can find a podcast, Spit and Polish Presents, you'll find us. Welcome back to Bidwabask. We're talking about the secret code. Ivan, do you have a synopsis for us? Uh, yeah, I do every week. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. What a surprise. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, season 7, Episode 7 is The Secret Code. It first aired in the United States on November 9th, 1995. This one was directed by Andy Ackman and written by Alec Berg and Jeff Schaefer. Uh, as Elaine has written a good piece on the Himalayan walking shoe for mm. Jay Peterman in a previous episode, uh, Peterman insists on taking 
her out for dinner. As she finds his endless stories boring, she pleads with Jerry to join her, who in turn tricks George into coming as well. Meanwhile, George and Susan fight after George refuses to tell her his secret ATM code, Busco. Elaine, however, doesn't appear at the diner, uh, on account, oh, at the dinner rather, uh, on account of plans made with the forgetful Fred, played by Fred Stoller, a friend of Jerry's. Elaine had met him at a party sometime before, but his lack of recall for the meeting memorizes her. <laughs> after a big. Mesmerizes? Oh, that's what it says, yeah. I you guess said it does. Memorizes. Yeah, well, I guess it enchants her in a way, Memor- mesmerizes her. It does somewhat. Well, she's really. Um, well, like Jerry says, she's really play. inquisitive she's about int- it. The only yeah. reason she's interested in it is because, because he can't he remember her. He can't remember her, yeah, but he remembers everything else. Which is really strange. Um, it becomes clear that Elaine's not coming to the dinner. Jerry makes up an excuse to leave, leaving George to have an awkward dinner with Peterman, which is a, a great scene. I love that start. <laughs> we tonight we dine. Tonight we dine. We dine. I'll tell the Just maitre d' the, the three bulls. bulls. <laughs> the three bulls. <laughs> bulls. <laughs> I would not describe Jerry and George's bulls. No, no. They're, they're not alphas at all. But like that's the thing is like Peterman's so oblivious that he doesn't even. He's just like, well, I'm a man, and these are men, <laughs> we're so men, we're the so we three must, bulls. We, must, we dine. <laughs> we dine. They're more like calves. Mm. <laughs> oh. The bull and the cucks. <laughs> the bull and the cucks. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. On the drive home, Peterman receives a call that his mother is at death's door, and George is forced to stay the night. While Peterman's out of the room, George, whilst keeping her company, reveals his code, Bosco, to her. Uh, she's played by Ellen Albertini Dow, and she's credited in the episode as Mama. Uh, somehow she seizes upon the word, Bosco. Basco, and repeats it at her moment of death, leaving Peterman bewildered. Jerry meets with appliance store owner Leapin' Larry, played by Louis Arquette, who walks with a prosthetic leg to discuss appearing in television commercials. After Jerry's foot falls asleep, however, he accidentally offends Larry, who believes Jerry's limping to be an impression. After Jerry explains the misunderstanding, they meet again, but Jerry's foot once again falls asleep, and uh, not wanting to offend him again, he stamps his foot, accidentally causing a can of paint thinner to spill onto some exposed wiring, starting a fire. So, <laughs> how crazy is that scene? <laughs> Bad workplace health and safety. I know, right? but oh, like, I know, you, right? ru- you own an electrical goods store. Why do you have... That's an irony, isn't it? Uh, just, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, the guy convenient. only has one leg and he's and called like Leapin' Larry. <laughs> two cans of paint thinner with like one awkwardly sort of stacked on top of the other. It's... Yeah, it's a setup. Obviously, yeah, definitely is. A bit yeah. too convenient. I like yeah. how it all. Convenient. I like how it all came together, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. It all it all tied in nicely. What I want to know is how Jerry's not even that hard stomping managed to cause enough vibration through the ground to knock over a paint. Like that paint thinner's can must have just been teetering. Like even a a mouse sneezing would have knocked <laughs> it over. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, concrete. You know, a concrete floor absorbs. But like Stacy said, that was just the setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it worked. It's not like Jerry's like a you know. A Big built kind of guy. He's not. A, he's not a bull. He's a merely a calf, a lovable calf, but a calf. So yeah, I get what you're saying. Like him, just kind of. I think he only stamps his foot once or twice, yeah, maybe. Not often. Mm, and then yeah. it just goes. It must have been teetering. Yes. Yeah. Um, Kramer's subplot uh, sees him buying a police scanner, and he decides to help the fire department. When they receive a call about the fire at Leaving Larry's, Kramer accidentally knocks out the fire engine driver uh, Desoto, played by Von Roddy. And uh, what what, did he, what is he say when he uh, knocks him out? He calls him Cowboy. Cowboy, yes. He's like, sorry, Cowboy. Sorry, Cowboy. His name is officially DeSoto, a.k.a. the Cowboy. cowboy. <laughs> but I don't want to be a Cowboy. I don't want to be a Cowboy. I want to be on the back of a fire engine. I don't That's right. I want to be a fire truck. Uh, Kramer. <laughs> 
<laughs> Kramer ends up going on the back of the fire truck in his place. He's unable to steer correctly and he crashes the engine, allowing the fire to spread further down the block. Um, coincidentally, the fire occurs down the block from Peterman's mother's funeral, where George is attending. The attendees rush to find a man with his sleeve stuck in an ATM. Peterman insists that George give him his code, forcing George to finally reveal his code, though not without some hesitation. Uh, in the closing scene, George and Jerry are in George's apartment. Susan teases him about the code. Jerry finds the J. Peterman catalogue in which Peterman accuses George of killing his mother. So there you go. That's the plot of the episode. Very long, typical season seven, eight, and nine plot. Indeed. A lot of things going on, but it all comes together at the end. A lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Indeed. It all sort of slots. Slots nicely. Nice. Slots nicely together um, at the end. Yeah. Other secondary characters include Wayne Tippett as the fire captain. Uh, Davidson James plays uh, Mama's doctor. Uh, Lisa Bright, she plays Leaping Larry's secretary. She's the oh, one yeah, who the laughs one at who, Jerry's yeah. impression. Oh, impression, quite unquote. But see, that's the thing is, like, she's the one who gets Jerry into the shit. He's just trying to stamp the, you know, the pins and needles out of his yeah, leg. And then yeah. she laughs and says, oh, my God, that's such a good impression. Yeah, because she thought it was an impression. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's like he wasn't even doing it maliciously it was no, no, her no. interpretation which what does that say about her relationship with leaping larry that she's laughing at the impression of him or what she perceives as the impression <laughs> you're doing the analysis already oh Just sorry i jumped ahead well, i didn't <laughs> think we were going to talk about her and the actual like thing because she's two seconds anyway. oh that's fine anyway we, that's, sorry. that's the secretary <laughs> this is what you get you invite me on it gets fast and loose yep. i've got jet lag it's, it's all good. Kind it of, all happens. Well, it's just, not that early. Just leaping into it. <laughs> leaping. Leaping, Stacey. <laughs> Some trivia about the episode. Um, did you know that the firehouse that the firemen, uh, that the firemen reside in uh, was used for exterior shots in both Ghostbuster films? Cool. Yeah. There you go. I like it when they recycle sets. Yeah, why not? Sustainability. Sustainability, yes. In uh, 1990, when when the episode came out, 1995. Yep. Yes. And it's when, good that they started then. When uh, George and Jerry go to uh, the restaurant to meet Peterman, you can actually there's an exterior shot that establishes the restaurant, and the E, the first E in restaurant is actually out. The light is out. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, I don't know if that was uh, intentional, just to make it a bit more realistic, or just, I don't know. Who knows? And, and did it- you know that exterior is also used in the Chinese restaurant? Oh, yeah, it is too. Because uh, it's in- it's Hunan Chinese. Hunan, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Is that the same? Though. Yeah. Is, is it Hunan Chinese in the Chinese restaurant? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. the restaurant. So the I exterior was, is the same, but the interior right. is different. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was yeah. familiar and I specifically wrote down notes like Hunan Chinese, but then it was like, is that the same one or not? So I yeah. did an exclamation and a question mark. <laughs> Good. <laughs> nice contribution. I had my feeling, you know, I had my little... The senses were tingling, but I wasn't sure if I was right or not. Yeah, yeah. your well, sinus senses. <laughs> They're tingling. They're tingling. Um, and we find out in this episode that Jay Peterman was born or grew up in Costa Rica, and his name stands for Jacopo. Jacobo. Jacopo. What did you think? Mama. It was Jacob. Jacob. <laughs> I was sort I of, and then Jacob. you were like Jacobo, and it's like no, no, Jacobo. I, I, I thought he was just saying it like in a sort of in, in affectionate and endearing way to his mum. Oh. So when he was like, "Oh, it's me, Jacobo." I thought he was just like so. I just wrote down Jacob because I thought he was just being like cutesy with yep. it. Because yeah. Jacopo is not a not that I'm aware of. It's not a Spanish name. Okay, never heard of anyone. I've never met anyone hmm. named Jacopo. Okay, no, me either. Mm. It's probably just a made up name. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm assuming so. So yeah. it didn't like you know. It didn't didn't come. It out. wasn't like his name's Juan. <laughs> Juan. Peter Manos. 
<laughs> yes. Or Jonas. <laughs> or jo- Jonas. Uh, should we talk about some secondaries? Sounds good. Excellent. Let's do it. Fred Yerkes. So he's played by actor, stand-up comedian and writer Fred Stoller. Uh, he's been in the films Dumb and Dumber, Little Man and Austin Powers in Goldmember. Um, he's appeared previously in an uncredited role in The Face Painter. He plays one of the patrons oh. at the hockey game. He's the guy that yells out behind Elaine and Putty. He's three rows back, I think. Yeah, three rows back, yeah. Uh, it's unclear, though, if he's meant to be the same character or not. Let's just assume Let's he is. Let's assume he is, yeah. yeah. So he appears twice in the season. Oh, the series, I should say. So oh. he does He does actually show some personality and some, you know, some pizzazz because yeah. he's so flat and glum in this episode. Yeah, he yeah. does. He does. We were talking in the car on the way here saying he's like a human embodiment of Eeyore. From Winnie the Pooh. Oh, okay. He's what do you mean like, by that? He's just well, sad. Well, because he's so glib. Like, yeah, he's very glum, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Just, like, just I lost a sad the button sack. off my shirt. And, you that, know, once you ruined. lose the button, everything's ruined. Like, he's yeah. very yeah. flat. Yeah. I, I got kind of like Rain Man vibes about him because mm. he says, oh, the bathroom door. The bathroom yeah. door had these words on it. And, and yeah. this is kind of like, sounds like Dustin Hoffman from Rain Man. He's like, oh. Yeah. Rain, no, that, that's the good fact that his in his social interactions, he doesn't remember- people and we're just going to assume that it extends beyond just Elaine that she's not an anomaly so he like has these social interactions where like the social element of his time was secondary to the memory of him standing in front of the bathroom door and but then he does remember the details at the end when she talks about he talks about the vitamins and she's like oh no I don't take vitamins and he's like yeah because they yeah don't agree with your stomach and she's like yes you remembered so he doesn't remember Elaine as a individual person but he remembers like details details about it. so yeah, i yeah, yeah. i wrote notes to say something about like potential spectrum kind of stuff with him as yeah. well okay yeah yeah, yeah. I, I didn't make that observation but you explaining that <laughs> makes sense yeah, mm. yeah yeah he remembers sort of minute like irrelevant minutiae yeah exactly but not, but not whole people yeah with, with you know substantial presence yeah or names <laughs> or names I, i'm guessing he's <laughs> still existence. i'm guessing he still lives with his mother because he says in one of the dates that um you know he had to get pills for the mother no, no but, but he, he said he had to go over to his mother oh yeah yeah, yeah of course so yes, he's yes, like yes, complaining yes. like i had to go all the way to, all brooklyn. to brooklyn to see my mother oh but yeah he, right right they right, seem right. to have a very kind of like close but somewhat kind of entrenched relationship because mm, even when he's yeah. on the date with elaine he's sitting there being like fred what are you doing? Like, he's like, talks in his mother's voice, which she, you would only do I if re- you- She reminds me of Estelle. I was yeah. about to say, I reckon the relationship with his mother is- They do love each other on some deep level, but yeah. there's a lot of resentment and a lot of hatred there. And I think it is like George's Very much like George and Estelle. Estelle. Yeah, yeah. What are you taking a cab for? It's so expensive. You do that really well. And I reckon I reckon that's maybe why he's- Because he seems to have very low self-esteem. And oh, yeah. he does, He's yeah. just like, oh, everything sucks. And I reckon maybe his mother just berated him and mm. cut him down over the maybe years. Like, like George. You know? Yeah, yeah like George. Say, like, like George. Maybe yeah. he's like George, except if George- He's like five years- Further down the George journey than yeah. George is, yeah. and that's yeah. why he's like so plur and, and so and, flat. Yeah, and even in the opening scene when he sees Jerry and Monks, yeah, Jerry says, "Oh, he goes, what's wrong with your foot?" And he goes, "Oh, my foot, I didn't cross my legs properly." Yeah. and then he makes at he least you've got something to do. Yeah, I know. At least he's got something to do. So clearly, uh, yeah, he's very jealous of you know other people. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I wrote down mopey, mopey. Yeah, yeah, like definitely he's really like, mopey. N- now you mentioned it, yeah, definitely like Eeyore. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's always feeling sorry for himself. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's like. I don't even get the sense that it's that he's kind of connected enough to his emotions that he feels sorry for himself. I actually think he just doesn't have like anything that he's passionate about, anything that drives him. But I also think like going back to the kind of Rain Man Aspergersy stuff that he's not even like necessarily cognizant enough. He's just 
he's he lacks these things, but he doesn't seem kind of mournful over the fact that he's lacking them. Like if if he wanted more social interactions and wanted more relationships and stuff, you would think that he'd be more active in pursuing the dinner date with Elaine. But he passes that up because he has to help his mum and he doesn't seem like, you know, apologetic about the fact that he stood her up and then they had to, you know, he's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I kind of get the sense that he sort of just takes it as it is. It's not like he's like ruining the circumstances of his life. He's just like, well, this is just what I got. This is the lot. The- yeah, exactly. This is my lot in life. Yeah. yeah. That's it. yeah. He's not yeah. like working one way or the other. He's just kind of in it. I would even go so far. Maybe he doesn't even realise that the the dinner he's having with Elaine is a date. Maybe he thinks it's more of a platonic because there's no like flirtation or there's mm. no sort of sexuality to it. There's no tension. There's no romantic thing. Yeah. I think he, and that might, you know, uh, sort of tie back to the fact that he doesn't know how to read situations or he doesn't have a lot of uh, awareness about, you know, the subtler parts of the human interaction. Mm. Yeah. You know, so maybe he doesn't even see it as a date. You know, he asks her out. He says, do you want to go for dinner? Yeah. But, but it's not necessarily even like- A romantic thing or a yeah. sexual thing. But he thing. says um, that one day you'll meet her. That's, oh, but true. that's when they actually go to the dinner. Go to the dinner, yeah. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another jump again because mm. he was like complaining about his mum and he's like, you'll meet her one day. You'll meet her one so day. So he's assuming already at the first date that they're like going to form a relationship. Or unless if it is platonic, maybe he just means it like, oh, you might meet her one day. He might just you mean it. We'll be friends. She's you know? probably like the relationship with the mum is probably one of the few close relationships he has. So it would make sense mm. that he would introduce friends to his mum because yeah. his mum's such a big kind of part of his life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair take. Yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> at first I was really frustrated with Fred because I'm like, why? Like, because, I mean, I've got a bad memory sometimes. Sometimes I forget really important details mm. about people's lives or yeah, even yeah. my own life. I just, you know, things just come and go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the fact that he forgets whole people, but he remembers the, the sequence of X's in tic-tac-toe to specific <laughs> details, very frustrating. Mm, yeah, but yeah, yeah. the more we talk about him and the more I thought about him, I actually feel not, not like a, patronizing uh, like sympathy for him but just more like yeah i i resonate with people who are a bit glum and are a bit depressed Mm because that can be my disposition sometimes so yeah i uh you know i hope he hope he you know life gets a bit better for him i I hope he finds what he's looking for yeah yeah i just find it so interesting because like when elaine's talking to him she's like you remember like i talked to you at the party and then he's like "Mm, not really and obviously there's the interaction with elaine and jerry where she's like how could he not remember me? I mean, like, you know, and she kind of, like, references it herself and it's like, come on. And then Jerry's like, I know. But, like, aside from just Elaine being, you know, an attractive woman who talked to him at a party, she's like, remember I told you that story about my uncle? He worked at the book depository. Lee Harvey Oswald came in and he's like, someone that's the president's just been shot and he's like, I'm going to go catch a movie. Like, yeah. who would not remember that story? Yeah. That yeah. is that's like pretty compelling. a once-in-a-lifetime kind of a story. And yeah. he's just, so yep. it's like he doesn't remember the story, he doesn't remember Elaine, but he remembers the tic-tac-toe on the bathroom yeah. on the bathroom door. I think he only remembers details about people's stories if he can relate to them directly because mm. he remembers the vitamins and he says- Because yeah, he's I talking took- about vitamins. But if he'd never taken vitamins in his life, he wouldn't he have wouldn't- any reason to remember Elaine. Yeah. It needs a personal point of relevance. Yeah, yeah. So it's not even it's not even the person telling the story. It's the specific detail mm. in the story that he can relate to directly. Yeah. Oh, pretty deep dive onto Fred. Very deep. Yeah. Do you have anything more to add about Fred? <laughs> no, but we uh, never see him again. He's only in two episodes. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. 
let's talk about uh, Leap and Larry. Yes, played by actor and writer Louis Arquette. Uh, he's appeared in the films Little Nicky, uh, Tango and Cash, and the anime film Akira. Uh, he passed, oh, I love yeah, Akira. Yeah, yeah. He played. He voiced one of the characters. Apparently, uh, he is pa- he of the Arquette family? Uh, I didn't get that actually. I'm not okay, sure. probably. I would, yes. well, they're, they're like an acting family. Yeah, so big, one, big, big time. One would assume so. Yeah, mm. Trisha and David. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, maybe he's the, their uncle or something. I yeah, don't know. I don't have to Google it. Uh, there's he, more. There's the, who's the other one? There's another one. Courtney there's Cox two... Arquette. <laughs> She's married. <laughs> she married David though. No, She's but there's an, isn't there a third yeah, Arquette that acts I don't know. as well? Anyway, yeah, probably. doesn't matter. Uh, he passed away unfortunately in 2001, uh, age 65 in Los Angeles. Whoa, that's yeah, young. Very young. Yeah. Poor bugger. Anyway, Leap and Larry, I think he's a war veteran. Uh, I think he's probably, well, by that stage, probably World War II uh, veteran, I'd probably say, or maybe Korea. I was going to say the Korean yeah, War. Maybe the Korean War. All right, probably, to, yeah, even in the 90s, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, we'll say the Korean War okay. or even Vietnam. Why he's say- only, I would say he's only like. 50s s yeah well he yeah in yeah. the episode yeah well he was 65 in 2001 so no but know. like the character in the episode oh, yeah, yeah, i don't yeah. think he's old enough to have been a to, to go on a world war two okay yeah. yeah all right and then be 50 years old in the 90s all right well we'll say korea or vietnam and uh yeah maybe a landmine he might have stepped on one and no no he says that he accident. lost his leg in a boating accident oh it was a boating accident yeah. oh jeez i just really deep and i'm like <laughs> hang on what he still could have been a war vet oh, he probably. could be yeah when you like i think he's a thing I was like, mm, okay, yeah, I'm just, true. I'm just doing <laughs> Let's the go with it. I'm just doing the timing in my head. I think he would have even been too young to be in the Korean War because that was in uh-huh. the 50s. Yeah, true, and true, if true. You, if we're saying that he's even 55 in this <laughs> episode, which was <laughs> 1995, God, I'm terrible. That's 1940. I just got so ahead of him. Yeah, teenager when the Korean War was on. Yeah, so, so yeah. maybe in Vietnam. Or yeah, nothing. maybe he would have been an older Vietnam serviceman in Vietnam. Oh, like maybe, oh. maybe he had an if. We'll, we'll just go with that. But okay, we also fine. happen to know that he lost terrible. his leg in a boating accident. Wouldn't, wouldn't be funny. He could have like, lost he... his leg in a boating accident in, in the Vietnam. Arm. <laughs> There's a navy. America yeah, yeah. has a navy. Yeah. Well, imagine like he came out unscathed in the war. He's like, I didn't get a single scratch. I'm going to go on the boat as soon as I get I'm home. I'm going to give myself Snap. a holiday. Ah. I can just imagine a scene, you know, where he's like talking about the the joys of back home, you know, and the horrors of war. He's like, when I get home, I'm going to marry my marry my marry my Sweetheart. girl, and we're going to buy a boat, and we're going to you know spend the rest of our lives on that lake. And he finally gets back from war. And he goes through therapy for PTSD, finally gets his boat, first day, loses a leg. Yeah, terrible. Yep. I think maybe something like that happened. They call yeah. that um, irony. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Bad luck, too. Um, do you think he ran the electronics store before he lost his leg? Or do you think maybe he was a fisherman or he was in sailing or something, and then after the accident he uh, decided to change his career? Maybe he's in sports. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, like All water right. sports or something. Not water sports, but sports on actual water. <laughs> it could Jet be skis. water sports. I don't know. He he strikes me as like I think you know his personality type. He could be, um, you know, like a sportsman or potentially ex-military. Oh, okay, or, yeah, yeah. You know, in some sort of like kind of more physical because he has this really sort of like quite down to earth, you know, get on with things kind of like persona. So yeah, maybe he, does. he was in like a different kind of field he's a tenacious guy yeah and then had his injury and then found a way to you know still have you know be a provider and and do well for himself in spite of his um prosthetic leg and then that's how he went into business yeah Yeah. maybe Maybe. i don't know yeah 
It's a possibility. Yeah. I could imagine his ads, you know, how Jerry wants to do the commercials. Come in, uh, Leap and Larry's Electronics. We've got everything. 50% off, 20% off. Yeah. I could imagine if just one of those If you don't like loud. it, we'll give you the store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could imagine his ads are really, because he's a very tenacious and yeah. positive guy. I reckon his ads are really energetic. Yeah. And he's probably in the ads. He's like, I get, hi, I'm Leap and Larry. I yeah. get you the know? sense yeah. that the, the electronics business, like Leaping Larry's, is like something that he's come to later in life. Yep. Like, the, okay, maybe yeah, he's yeah, built yeah, yeah, his yeah. way up. Maybe he's worked in electronics, you know, as, a, like, a staff member in other stores. But I really get the sense that, like, Leaping Larry's is, you know, his baby and it's something that he's probably only had for, you know, like, maybe the last five or, or ten years. Yeah. And that he's had another career in the past. Yeah, in the past, yeah, that's what I was saying. And then he's saying, brought yeah, yeah. his kind of skills and enthusiasm and stuff into Leaping Larry's and developed the business. Yeah, well, I was wondering how he got the name Leaping Larry because Jerry makes a point saying he's got one Why league. Why does he still? And, and, you know, he doesn't call Leap and Larry. I reckon he's probably, like you said, sports. he's in sports. Yeah, probably high jump, yeah. long jump. Maybe yeah. he was in, oh, like, okay. in athletics or something. Or yeah. what else? Just Maybe. They don't and, really and like do... he leaped really high or basketball. They, basketball. Yeah, basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't really play Leap Larry Bird. Leap and, oh, yeah. They he wasn't really Larry Bird. They don't really play rugby in no. the States, do they? Because they do oh, the like. <laughs> it was in the real infancy. Oh, probably. They played yeah. in Canada. He could be Canadian. I think in the US they do, but it was like really in its infancy yeah. at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he was. Or maybe he was in athletics. Long jump, high jump, leaping. Yeah. Hurdles. Hurdles, yeah. Basketball. Leaping there. Yeah. Who knows? NFL, they do a bit of leaping sometimes. Horse jumping. Sometimes. Horse jumping. Horse jumping, yeah. Well, that's more the horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he... Yeah. Rusty the horse. Maybe a horse rode him. Oh, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I, after his boating accident, I think he was really, really down. And mm. I think yeah. um, he maybe tried to end his life or, you know, he, he was on that path. And for, I don't know. I couldn't figure out what, but I think something turned his life around, whether it was him just sort of sort of gritting his teeth and going, no, this yeah. is, I don't want, you know, I want to turn my life around or maybe it was his family or, you know, something gave him a second wind. Mm. And I think that's why he's renovating the store. I think for him, the st- renovating the store represents a, a new beginning. Yeah. And that's sort yeah. of, that's sort I of, think he that's, even talks about that in the conversation. Yeah, he Jerry, does. doesn't he? He's yeah. like the, this was, you know, another yeah. opportunity or a, or a fresh start or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think but, that's where maybe I'm getting the sense that the Leaping Larry, like the shop is something that's, kind of newer on the yep. scene in his life, you know, kind of trajectory that when he talks about the boating accident and being depressed and then, like, wanting to sort of revitalise things, I think that's where I get the idea that the Leaping Larry's shop has come in kind of since the accident perhaps. Okay. yep. Maybe. Maybe maybe the store, you know, because, like, a lot of people have unfulfilled dreams through their mm. life. They just work, a, you know, an office job, but they mm. really want to go start their own business. Yeah. Maybe the boating accident put things in perspective and yeah. it made him go you know what i, I really want to for some reason own an electronics store or just be a business owner well yeah. you, you know, know it's and, really and funny because I, I kind of like after my cancer surgery two years ago yeah. i can kind of relate to leaving larry i was gonna say i did think of you a lot during yeah. this episode, but i didn't want to bring it up because it's obviously a very personal thing no but. no well in case you know listeners don't know I, I had cancer a couple of years ago uh i was diagnosed a few months after we started this podcast, yeah. actually. And, uh, yeah, I had major surgery and luckily everything's been good. I've been clean for two years, which is nice. Um, yeah, I, it kind of reminded me of that because Leap and Larry, like you mentioned, you know, like, well, like both of you mentioned, uh, you know, he, it's a new lease on life. He's like, I'm going to make this better. And yeah, it's kind of like my attitude as well. It's kind of like, I want to do all these things and I'm doing them. So awesome. yeah, it's kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I kind of emphasized well, with him a bit as well. Yeah. Do you I have, kind of see it. did you have like a, you know, a list in your head of things you wanted to do or was it more like just this kind of driving, motivating force? Uh, the latter. The latter. Like. Yeah, yeah, driving force is basically like 
you know, in the past I used to be like, oh, no, I, don't, I, sh- I could do it. But then I'm like, you know yeah. what, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Stuff it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Whatever happens, happens. Let's take risks. Life's yeah. full of risks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's 100%. like, yeah, let's just do it, you know. If things go good, go good. Great. After if your not, surgery, then- everything. Hey, do you want to do this? Fuck it. Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty. Oh, well, yeah, pretty much. Not fuck it, but. No, no, but, you know. Just have a crack. Yeah, just have, just have take risks. Life's yeah. all about risks. Yeah. That's awesome. Know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, related to him somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Especially with the limp as well. I've got yeah. a bit of a limp <laughs> after my op, but. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully no one's impersonating you behind your back. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. That's how relaxed like you are I'm- now. You're like, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, unlike, whatever. Unlike Larry, I've got a sense of humor about it. You do. Yeah, I tell people. I'm not humor. as hip as I used to be. Oh, so, yeah, that's, that's, like, that's, that's pretty, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as hip as I used to be. Yeah, goodness, yeah. It was pretty major. Off. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I yeah. Guess you need some I feel like there's also with. his capacity for some sort of like hip hop reference. I said a hip hop. Well, actually, I was going to say um, the woman who played Mama. Is she was the old yeah. woman. Yeah, from yeah the she's the meatball singer. lady and, and from she, the wedding singer. And she sang, I said a hip hop. A hip a hip a hip a hip When we when we mentioned a character before and you held your hands out, I immediately thought because I like how she said, "Hold out your hands." <laughs> she's like, I want to see you eat it. And Adam Sandler's just like, it, it's good. That's good meatball. And she's like, <laughs> Did you you notice me do that? Because yeah. that's, that's what I think of her when she's just like, she's like, Ugh, uh, like she, And he's just awkwardly doing it. And he's like. She's so excited. Yeah. yeah she's like, it's she's also that, one of those characters, uh, not characters, actors, that stays the same age for like 30 years. Yeah. Like she's in a lot. Of, she does she's a like lot Betty of cameos. White. and yeah, yeah. She was like Betty White. Yeah. She looks yeah. as old in. Like, yeah, she just she got to She got to 80 and just stopped. And eating. stopped. She's actually 163 years <laughs> <Yeah>. old. <laughs> well, actually, do you have any more notes on Larry? No, not... Oh. The only well, other the, thing I had... Because I was going to lead into Mama, actually. Okay. I've got things. Yeah, just yeah. What were going to say? Yep. Um, I really liked the way that, you know, despite the fact that um, he thought that Jerry was you know, doing the impression of him in the shop. He says, you know, when they sit down for the meeting, he's like, I really like you, Jerry. I respect your comedy. You don't take cheap shots. Yeah, That's yeah. specifically what he says to him. And then obviously there's the misunderstanding around the quote-unquote impersonation. Which, which he says water under the bridge. Yeah, the but that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Is like, so, you know, the, the importance of Jerry not taking cheap shots is addressed and then he perceives Jerry to take a very cheap shot as at his expense. And then he just kind of forgives him. And says, yep, it's all water under the bridge. Like, I'd, I'm still really like to work with you. Let's get back on track. So, to me, that really speaks of, like, a strength of char- character and a confidence and a sense of kind of ease that he didn't take that, you know, Im- impersonation to heart and yeah. use that as an opportunity to be like, no, like, I'm never having anything to do with that guy before. He's He seems quite accepting and understanding. He gives he gives Jerry a chance, obviously, obviously off screen, to explain himself. Yeah. Like Jerry says to Kramer, it was all a misunderstanding. It's all mm. straight, straightened out. We're going to do the commercials. I think just when you're saying that he's got a confidence, I think he's very sure of himself because a lot of people hold grudges. Yeah. Even, you know, like, they misinterpret a situation. They extract a grudge from that situation, but they don't allow the other person to explain or to clarify. Yeah. Because grudges can give, like, a sense of identity. Yeah. It can give a sense of purpose. Yeah. You know, this is the reason to exist. I just get the sense that the fact that he doesn't let that get to him shows that it's not feeding in a deep insecurity. Yep. Yep. And that probably is aligned with his attitude shift after the accident. Yeah. He doesn't want to 
Because grudges can be toxic, you know, yeah. poison oh, in your veins. Yeah. He just yeah. wants to get on with Yeah, life. he just yeah, wants like, to. Yeah, let, exactly like me. It's like, water, like he says, water under the bridge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can relate. Anyway, let's take one more break. There were really good uh, things about them. About Indeed, Larry analyses. And, uh, analyses I, just had, yeah. I just had one more oh, thing yeah, about yeah, yeah. Uh, Larry. Yeah, cool. I think uh, him renovating his store, like I said, was sort of a proxy for his renovation of life. Of life, like. yeah, 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 yeah. I think he maybe had plans to expand as well. You know, maybe he wanted to franchise out or yeah. a couple more stores. I think so, I think it. I think- as part of his, uh, you know, his new lease on life and his new pep, I think he just thought, I'm just going to do- go right in. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know, go as- I'm going to take this as far as I can. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, that's that's all I had about it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Yes. Let's take one more break. And, uh, yep. well, yeah, we'll talk about Mama and the Fire Captain when we come back. Oh, Fong has been most accommodating. Shall we? Uh, actually, you know, I just remembered. I promised this comedy club that I'd do a set tonight. So, terribly sorry. I understand. No hard feelings. George and I will miss your company. Huh? It will just be two this evening. And George, we dine. Welcome back. We are talking about The Secret Code. We did a massively deep dive on Fred Yerkes and Leap and Larry, but we're going to move on to Mama. Mama Peterman. We couldn't figure out her name, so we're just going to go with Mama. Mama, yes. I like Eunice. Eunice. Eunice is good. Okay. Like, Eunice that's a nice, like, old lady name. Eunice Peterman. Yeah, well, she looks really old, yeah. so it's... Yeah. We'll call she's her Eunice. She's either 66 or 143. The oldest name we can think of. <laughs> yeah. Eunice. Eunice. Uh, played by Ellen Albertini Dow. Uh, she's appeared in films including Wedding Crashes, uh, the wedding singer, she's, we mentioned before the The meatball break. lady. That's yeah. right, yes. Hold out here. your hands. I said a hip, huh? A hip, a hip, yeah, hip, she's huh? the racist grandmother in Wedding Crashes. Oh, yeah, she yeah, says yeah, something yeah. about, oh, no, she's homophobic. Because she, yeah, anyway. anyway. We don't need comedy. to go into specifics. No, 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 no. Mid-2000s But comedy. we were also yeah. saying yeah. she doesn't, she's an ageless yeah. cameo actor. Yeah, that's right. in time. Um, she was also in the film 54, where she was nominated for a Razzie for the Worst Supporting Actress for that 1998 film. Uh, she passed away also in LA. In 2015, she was 101. Wow. So, yeah, she was close to 143. When- Get it, Eunice. Wow. Get <laughs> yeah. a girl. So, rest in peace. When was uh, her Ellen. last credit? Do you have that? I don't have it, no. Okay. Mm. Wow. Yeah. She's acting well into her 90s, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, on. yeah. Well, you mentioned before she was like Betty White. So, yeah. Yeah. Just... Just keeps going. Just a freak of nature. That's right. Yep. Anyway, Mama, yes. So, uh, yeah, she was dying, um, you know, I of guess, an of unknown. something. An unknown illness. Of being 101. <laughs> oh, probably natural cause. Well, no, well, in the 90s. Oh, no, even then she was like 80-something. She, yeah. she looks quite old in the episode. Yeah, yeah she does. Like, she looks like the yeah, – and um, obviously Peterman's – Peterman himself is already, you know, 50s. Yeah, late 40s, six, early 50s. Yeah. I, think, I think in the Peterman episode we – said that maybe he just grayed a bit earlier because, you know, mm. like like George Clooney, you know, like he's in his 60s yeah. now, but in the 90s and the early 2000s, he looked 10 years older than he yeah. was yeah. Yeah, yeah. because of his gray hair. Mm-hmm. So, I think the same with Peterman. Probably. But yeah, she's definitely like late 70s. Because they don't talk about any sort of like, he's like, oh, you know, he's he's struck by the fact that mum is on her death's door, mm. but there's no sort of specific thing that they're talking about. It just seems as though she's, you know, very yeah. old person. Yep. And, yeah. like, Peterman's even, when he wakes George up in the corner, he's, you know, we made it through the night. Mm. So, it's like, you know. <laughs> I think Peterman Inevitable. It, it seems like it's an inevitable inevitable kind of a thing. And yeah. the fact that the doctor's there all the time as well mm. would, would um, make me think that it's obviously a touch-and-go situation yeah. and that Peterman was expecting it at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything about her, Ivan? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, she they lived in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. and Peterman suspects that she had an affair. A secret uh, lover. A secret lover. Yeah, and he's like, maybe Bosco. Bosco. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Bosco. 
that at her age and in her, you know, physic- physical health condition, she still has a secret lover. Yeah, I, I love. It reminds that. me of the woman with the goiter in the old man. Yeah, yeah. she had an affair with like salacious past. The passion, <laughs> the forbidden pleasure. <laughs> but like, I got the sense that the way Peterman's talking about it at the funeral, that it's more like contemporary, like right. that she had oh. a secret lover, like either at the time or you know. Sort of somewhat in the recently, past. yeah. In the recent oh. past, it seems kind of current in the way that he talks about it. Okay, to me, okay, yeah, cool. Okay, no, that that makes sense. Uh, just a note on Pete, man. I love how uh, you know when he's saying the word Bosco to himself, he's so like <laughs> aloof and out of touch with reality. He exists in his own world. He does. He's not even aware of something as down to earth and normal as in their world. Syrup. As, yeah, yeah. Like there are tons of things that I don't care about or don't think about, but I'm aware of them just because they're in common. You know, they're out there in the world and people talk about them and you come across them. But his own, he's in his own little world so much he doesn't even know what Bosco is. It's just like <laughs> Bosco. And he, rather than think it could be something really simple, he thinks it's you know a, a secret lover from years ago in Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. that to me is and just he's like asking Peterman. George. You yeah. know, he's really invested. Yeah. Like, what do you think it means? And it's just what fucking is she talking about? Syrup, you know? like, yeah, that's typical Peterman. To me. Very typical Peterman. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I guess we don't know what happened in Costa Rica, but uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? She I obviously mean- lived there for. For a you know decent period of time, and you could really see the life go out of her eyes, mm. don't you? Like it's really well acted by Ellen. Um, yeah, like she her last word is Bosco, and uh, she just yeah. You see, you see the life come out of her. Yeah, you does she, is she does she have her eyes open? Because obviously, like George is talking to her, and he he chooses to kind of divulge the secret code. You get the sense that like he knows that she's really old. He knows that she's probably going to die, and he's like, "I just really want to tell someone. Like, I just really love to get it off my off my chest." And you kind of see like the spark yeah, when he yeah. realizes, like, I could talk to her, yeah, because she's going to die. She won't be able to tell anyone no, else because right. she's going to die. Yeah, that's right. But does she? Is her eyes open? Yeah. So yeah or yeah, is yeah. it that they open after he says the code? Oh, so when George comes into the room and Peterman says, "I'm here, Mama," yeah, yeah. and introduces George, oh, yeah, she, she, she looks, looks at him bit- blankly and yeah. just like. Hey, yeah. I'm George Costanza. But then I had dinner with your son. Yeah, when George wakes <laughs> up and starts talking to her, her eyes are closed, but then she opens her eyes and sits after up a bit. After he says Bosco. After he says Bosco. Yeah, so, so this is like some sort of thing she grabs. Yeah. Do you think she liked Bosco? Maybe, yeah. Maybe she was a, a fan. She was of the a, coca bean. Yeah, of the coca, coca bean, bean, yes. The coca bean. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe the coca bean was her dark master. Her dark, maybe it was. Maybe she enjoyed chocolate well, as well. Well, they, do, they yeah. do grow a lot of cocoa and coffee in, in Costa Rica. That, so yeah, maybe, that's what I was thinking. Maybe, yes. Maybe she had, you know, maybe she was raised or was involved on a cocoa farm or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Or she owned one. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yes. And, the cocoa uh, bean. The she, cocoa was the, she was the dark master. Yeah, she must have been it. <laughs> the mistress. The mistress. The dark mistress. The dark mistress. Yeah, and uh, yeah, rest in peace. I think it's probably the first and only death we see on screen. Because obviously mm. Susan dies, but- we she ends up in the, but no, but she ends up in the hospital. Yeah, yeah you so see she, her go unconscious, but yeah. you don't see her actually die. No, but I think this is the first on-screen death. But it's kind of a little bit like even in the scene itself, it's not particularly clear that she died. She could have just kind of lost consciousness, and then it's like sort of after the fact that they're oh. talking about the fact that she's dead. But then Peterman says she's gone, and you oh, see, does he? You, you see her holding her wrist. He, oh, so okay. I'm guessing there's probably no pulse. Maybe yeah. I you was. Know. Eating no, dinner and oh, watching okay. the episode, so maybe uh, that's I was right. Well, that was like, on my- well, that's fine because I made a mistake about Leap and Larry True. <laughs> before, so it's all we're good all now. human. But the point, here. the point of the scene isn't her death. No, no, her, no, no. her death it's is the just code. a vehicle for the mystery. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, so yeah. that's why it's yeah, it's not a super. But it's so detail. it's so conniving of George <laughs> to disclose the code to her, knowing that she's 
on the brink of death and yeah. he's can actually it get it off. He's like, oh, I just really want to. It's like I, I want to tell someone. And then he, like, looks at her like. And, and you can see George's sociopath tendencies come in when Peterman's looking back at George going, Bosco. And you think a normal person would be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. George is just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, he's clearly sociopathic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, uh, yeah, like you said, a normal person would even, I think a normal person after apologizing and empathizing, you know, maybe when Peterman starts to get curious, like, hang on, what does Bosco mean? George could easily just say, look, could explain the situation, as weird as it is. Like, but it wouldn't had- be as funny. No, no, no. But, but, but mm. you know, that would make him reveal his secret code to Peterman. So, yeah. you know, he wouldn't even do him the favour of, of solving the mystery for but him. It's, Jerry yeah. makes a point, because you know how George tries to make up an excuse not to, uh, um, you know, to leave the dinner, but he can't. Mm. You notice how Jerry says that he's in a slump. So, you know, like in typical George oh, fashion, yeah. he could have come up with a lie. About, yeah, because he's you know, like- Peterman, If Peterman said Bosco, then George would have made up a whole elaborate yeah. story. But the fact he was- he's in a he, funk. He had like writer's block in yeah, a way. He, he had liar's block. That's, and, and that's how he ended up in that situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, probably yeah. how. Right, yeah, actually. Yeah, because actually Jerry makes a point of it as well. Because he's like, come on, come on, weeb your web of lies or whatever when yeah. Peterman goes to talk to yes, the matrices and he's like, let's get us out. And he's like, I've got nothing, Jerry. I'm stuck. So, George had nothing in that moment either. He had nothing. He couldn't nothing. Even when his lies did come out, they were really like unbelievable. Like normally, people buy into them at least initially. Yeah, that's right. You know, when when Elaine's just like, "I have to speak at a women's rights conference," and then George just goes, "I, I, have, I have to, to speak, speak at, at a men's, men's rights conference." Yeah, or then, men's conference. Yeah, and then uh, Peterman just goes, "I didn't believe that for a second, George." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he when he doesn't want to give his, his code. Mojo. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. even his lies are just. I do feel like that George, in the time that he's in the relationship with Susan and during the engagement and stuff, I feel like he's a different George. He loses a bit of his edge. He does. Yeah. And yep. even like you know, he's in almost the made beginning a bit more of- like a person. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. a bit more wholesome. He's less. You, know, you could less even say George, that, yeah, more could, human. Yeah, you could say that. You know, yeah. Susan's actually bringing out a bit of humanity in it. A bit mm. of humanity. Yeah, because yes. she's like a normal person. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, do you have any more notes about Mama? No, 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 no that's, that's it. it. Okay, uh, I just got a few notes on the fire captain. Uh, he's played by Wayne Tippett. He's appeared in the films JFK and Nurse Betty. Uh, he's also been in TV shows such as Search for Tomorrow, LA Law, and Melrose Place. He too passed away in Los Angeles. Oh. All three three actors passed away in LA uh, in this episode. Uh, he passed away at age seventy six in two thousand and nine. Okay, so yeah, the fire captain. I think he's a curmudgeon. You love your curmudgeon old dudes. Oh, he's not too. Oh, he's not too curmudgeon. He's pretty I think, chill. I think, I think he's just sick of like a uh, like he's sick of young, young brash young, young upstarts or whatever he calls young them. Brash young brash upstarts up. coming here every yeah. week trying to give new with their faster roots and their yeah. snazzy We're pretty colors. happy with the way things are. I don't think he's unreasonable or too curmudgeonly. And I think that's one subplot that wouldn't work if science came back today because obviously now there's GPS mm. yeah. and stuff. I think it wouldn't have worked. Obviously, the fire department probably has the best technology to, you know, go to places and, and they yeah. get, like, live traffic, you know, like yeah. consumer-level stuff. My dad drives fire trucks. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's been a fireman since I was, like, three and oh, he drives the fair. ladder. Oh. Which is the, the big truck. <laughs> That's the one that Kramer does. Yeah, but it's like in Australia, the ladder trucks are the ones with the like cherry picker thing on the back. Yeah, of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what my dad does. That's like the one that Kramer drove. Exactly. Has he ever been knocked out and been called cowboy? And then his, uh, his seat of. was usurped by a tall weirdo. <laughs> a gangly. What's he called? 
Oh, hipster doofus. Hipster doofus. <laughs> I, I love, I love the That'd part. That'd be an where, awesome, um, but also weird Seinfeld. I love the part where, where the truck's out of control, and then you see and the Kramer's picture of the truck, like, <laughs> and then you hear Jerry on the scanner, like, no, no. And in terms of Jerry, goes, just goes, oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. He just doesn't care. That's that, a just, shame. that like a whole building might burn down, and people the whole block's on fire. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, that, he understands everything that's going on, and he can almost see what's going to happen because he knows Kramer very well. <laughs> that's but he's just like, that's a shame. Yeah, that's a shame. He's probably more concerned about the loss paycheck from not doing the ads yeah, more, probably, than, you yeah. know, more than people's lives and homes <laughs> goodness gracious yeah i thought the fire chief was actually pretty chill yeah you oh, know okay. like yeah, he yeah, says yeah. just says to kramer like you know it's like every week or whatever he says like you know we get these guys Young coming down starts, and like them, giving yeah. us advice and you know we're really just happy with the way things are so yep. he's just like you know he's an older guy he's been doing the job a long time doesn't want to rock the boat no he just wants to stick to what he believes in yeah, yeah. and what he thinks you know what he knows slash thinks works good yep. on him and his uh, instincts were right because uh, <laughs> Kramer, Kramer, Kramer up crashing, crashing the truck that's it goodness gracious and he keeps his cool like even when they're getting the alarm and Kramer's trying to talk to him as they're like getting ready to like suit up and get in the truck he's just like stay out of this Kramer stay but, out like, of this Kramer he's not you know he doesn't sort of get r- too riled up or anything like that he's just he seems pretty which I guess makes sense if he's like worked his way up to fire chief of an em- emergency response service like he'd know how to Stay yeah. cool in the yeah. face of, you know, stress. Yeah. Of course. He, oh. doesn't, he doesn't get fired up. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hose His that one. doesn't burn too hot. I'm going to hose that one down, I'm afraid. Anyway. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> Do you have any more secondary characters? No, that's, that's it. Stacey? Uh, no. That's it. None of significance. Okay, no. excellent. Well, I did, was, I did oh, have a yes. note. Sorry about the secretary, but Stacey, Stacey jumped got in, in there early. early. She got in keen. What I just secretary? Said, oh, uh, right. Larry secretary. Larry. I just said she was a bit of an asshole for just straight up laughing. Mm, yeah. You know, even like, you know, we all have moments of shame where we might snicker at something or laugh at something that's a bit inappropriate. And, you know, hopefully we're reflective enough or decent enough to realize, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that or do that. <laughs> but she just brazenly just laughs in front. You yeah. Know, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, she's yeah. just, yeah. It's not necessarily, like, the way that she's laughing, it it seems just genuinely kind of, like, mirthful. It doesn't seem sort of vindictive or malicious. Yeah. But at the same time, it's insensitive in and of itself to yeah. laugh at that. Like, yeah. even if she had a good relationship with Leap and Larry to find Jerry's thing and being like, oh, that's such a good impression. Like, you just you just wouldn't. Yeah. Bit it's, it's very 90s. Definitely. Yeah, very 90s. Anyway, uh, where does the episode rank, Stephen, out of 96 that we've done? Where's the secret code for you? 88. 88, okay. Yeah, yeah. he said it was a bit underrated. Yeah, yeah. a bit overrated. Oh, no, a bit overrated, was, sorry, I should say. He said he was whelmed. I was whelmed. When, <laughs> we, was were dri- <laughs> when not, we were driving. Not over or under. Yeah, just, yeah. just whelmed. Oh, no, that was we were talking about Tool. Oh, yeah, Tool's Sorry. new song. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, confused. but you can apply the same to this episode. Are you going to buy the CD? You hear it's got, like, um, a bit of tech in the CD. It's, no. like, 45 US dollars, and it's got, like, a HD screen, a USB port. It, it's got, like, exclusive videos on it. It's really tech. If you play the CD, you mean? No, no, no. So, the actual CD case has, like, a oh. USB port in it, a screen with exclusive videos on it. and In the actual CD case? Yeah, in the case, yeah. In the dual case. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's, yeah, that's tool. tool. Yeah. That's tool, yeah. But it's, like, nearly 50 US dollars. That's, that's a very- That's why it took them 13 years to release the song, because they were trying to figure out how to put a USB in a CD I feel case. like Tool and Nine Inch Nails are the two bands that do that sort of stuff so yeah. consistently. They have, like, all the different, like, you know, additions and stuff, and yeah, there's always- 
like extra well content. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, nice. yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's cool. It's cool. For me, number 55. Okay. Uh, yeah. Enjoyable episode. I had a few good laughs. Um, yeah. I think Kramer's subplot was pretty good. Yep. Uh, Jerry's. Yeah. Jerry was, was funny as well. Elaine's was all right. But, uh, yeah, no, really enjoyed the episode overall. And George. Yeah. It was just funny how some, one of George's best talents, him making pathological lies, just didn't work out for him and, and it actually caused uh, huge results or you know disastrous things to happen massive yeah. especially you know at the end where the poor guy's got his uh, sleeve stuck in the ATM I love George's face when uh, when Peterman's like for yeah, God's sake George and he's just like uh, and it's, he's so like uh. and it's literally like a life saving thing but you it, know that they hypothesised at the start of the episode the, when the scene like when it goes to the end of that scene you could be forgiven for expecting that George actually doesn't give out the code because the way his face looks is he looks really reluctant and really hesitant. But I think it like would have been really dark if they said, "Oh, the whole building burned down because of you," of, and that guy died. I think it would have been a bit too, you know. But like the way dark. that he, like, he yeah. doesn't look like he's preparing himself to to share it. No, and no, he looks he's like not. he's like. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I think eventually it took Peterman to you know really get it out of him. Yeah, eventually he's like, "Oh, fine," because yeah, I think it would have been really dark. Yeah, George is really petty and protective of like insignificant little details like that. But he does have a breaking point. He is weak. Like yeah, Kramer he is. Says. Weak and yeah. spineless. Yeah. <laughs> weak and spineless. Yeah. Uh, if, I mean, I know you don't have an official Mid-range. list. Mid-range. in the Mid-range, 40s or yeah. 50s. Yeah, so, like, well, as I was saying at the beginning of the um, episode, like, when I – it doesn't spring to mind as a classic. When I was watching it, it has all the elements of a pretty classic Seinfeld episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's one of the ones that I – like remember from watching when I was young and stuff like that. So I would say it's a mid range. A mid range, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Do any of the secondaries sit in your top twenty? <clears throat> no, but I, I like Leap and Larry. Yeah. He was good. Yeah, he's uh he's admirable. He's very sure. admirable indeed. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, that was the secret code. And uh, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Bidwabask. Uh you can reach out to us on Bosco social Basque. Bosco Basque. Mmm, tasty. Uh, yeah. Bosco Basque. <laughs> Bidwabosco. 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 Yeah, you can send us an email, find us on social media, yada yada. Uh, we're also on Patreon, and now we're on PayPal. So you, uh, if you don't want to sign up to Patreon and you want to make a donation, uh, just send us a one-off. Details are in the show notes. That's right. And thank you again to Stacey. It's been a long time. I think January when I was- uh, February. February. February, yeah. January, you were in, February when I was off for a few weeks. You were yeah. on co-host duties with me while I was. Stephen was away. And yeah. we were doing the season 10 episodes. Oh, yeah, we did a couple of well. episodes, yeah. yes. Go back and listen to our season 10 if you don't know what that Teppanyaki is. Uh, restaurant. That's right. Stephen and I came up with 10 hypothetical episodes of Seinfeld if it was ever renewed for a 10th a ni- a season. season. and uh, Season 10, of course. Um, yes, so <laughs> uh, go back in and- Indeed. So go back and listen to those if you haven't. Uh, yeah, it was really hard work to get those together, but uh, yes, yeah, It Stacey- was good writing. I really enjoyed reading the, the scripts and doing the reading. Yeah, so we've had some nice feedback about it too. Yeah, so, it was yeah. good. Thanks very much. And uh, yeah, my name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And I'm Stacey. And, and uh, next, we'll, you'll catch all three of us again next week. You will. Yes. We can't get enough of Stacey. We haven't had her for a little while, so we're going to do a double up. That's right. We're doing that sounds really sus. It does really sus, yes. <laughs> I don't think, it's uh, fine. We're all consenting adults. I don't okay. think our other halves will be too happy with that. Um, but yes, anyway, we're doing our final season two episode next week, The Revenge. And we would have done all season two. Awesome. Crazy. So can't we'll wait. Be, we'll oh, be it's back. the last one. Our last season Woo-hoo. two. That's right. Yes, The Revenge. So, Bring well, it out. Indeed. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.